welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk. I'm Oswin, and I have with me Lord Knight. Let's talk about reincarnation cycles. Yay. <laughs> I know, right? Well, if we're going to talk about that, where do you want to start on this? Huh. Well, you know, that's a good question. Let's start from birth. Okay. So... I mean, this is wants, the whole chicken before the egg thing, so, but... Uh, yeah. Let's just start somewhere, so let's start with birth. Let's start with birth, okay. So, a man and a woman fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. God's help us. I didn't mean to go back that far. <laughs> we, we've sort of discussed this first, all right? Right. A body starts to form, and we believe as soon as it starts to form, as soon as that first uh, dividing happens, that there's this like this insuck of spirit energy. Right. All right, from the mom, which has to be brought back through certain other things like eating, sleeping, whatever, to help with that division. Now, as soon as that division starts, we believe that a soul is a sign, I, I guess is the way to say it. Okay. For lack of a better word, I don't want to say a sign, but sort of attach to it. When it, I guess when the the best way to put it is once it starts, like maybe five or six different souls might visit, and the one that likes it the most gets it. Okay. You know, we're not sure who chooses what. I'd like to think the individual does. So it's kind of like trying on a pair of jeans. It's whichever I, one fits best. Right. Now, we, we do believe that the cycles is uninterrupted, no problems there, right? Mm -hmm. That if you were, well, for like me, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy in this world, right? Right now. Right. So that means that my previous life before this one, there's a good chance I was a woman. Okay, so you think it balances out? So well, like I think next you go, lifetime, you'll be a woman? Right. Or some type of female. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll actually be born a woman. A human female woman. Okay. So not uh, an animal. Not, no, not necessarily. All right. Okay. And, and then your cycle starts off that way to where in the world you keep on going back and forth. Every other one. Does that make sense? Right will be female. Every other one will be male. So you go back and forth from male to female, male to female, from male body to a female body. Okay. All right. Now, we also believe in tribe. In our tradition, we actually believe in the transmigration of souls. What? <laughs> You're using some big words there. This is a fancy way of saying that we believe that souls start off in lower animals and slowly come up through to humanity. Does that make sense? All right. So basically you're saying uh, when you're born the first time, the very first time. Okay. When you're, yeah, when you're you'll souls, be an animal. Right. When your soul's first created, right, and you first experience in this world, it will be in some type of animal. And then you work your way up through the ranks 
to human? Is that what you're saying? Well, the soul is going to experience life in as much different types of life. Okay, let's say your first one, for sake of argument, all right? Not putting one first or nothing, right? Let's say your first incarnation, you're a bird. To be more specific, let's say you start off as a as a robin. Okay. You're going to keep on coming back as either a male or a female robin until you experience everything you can of life and learn as much as you can being a robin. And then you're going to move on to a different animal. Okay. So that animal, and again, that animal could be, you could be jumping to be a fish. You could be jumping and going to go be a dog or a, a rabbit. Makes sense. But again, but again, you're going to, you're going to cycle through that species. As much as possible. As much as possible, learning as much as you can before you move on to something else. Right. And, and then there's. So you're saying, so you're saying you have to go when the soul's first created it goes through the animal kingdom first. Yes. And then it gradu- quote unquote graduates to humans. Exactly. Okay. All right. Which then means that if overpopulation is true, right, for humanity, mm-hmm. that means we might be having souls nowadays inhabiting bodies that aren't ready to be human souls. Okay. Does that make sense? Not really, but... Okay, For well, my argument here is for humanity to be humanity, it requires a soul. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the key thing about being human. All right? We use our souls more than anything else. So you might have someone a soul that was a deer in their previous life, but because of overpopulation of the, of the world could be forced to be, go into a human body before it's ready. Okay. Now that makes sense. All right. So this soul is going to have a whole lot worse or problems with social problems, anxiety, uh, other issues. Okay. All right, this is where we could be seen, could be mm-hmm. seeing these people who want to be furries or who think they're cats and dogs. Okay. And is that is that also so you're saying and I'm asking. So you're saying that that's also where we're seeing a lot of the um anxieties and phobias and all these other things that require medication and therapy and Oh, well, I, people, I, people I being that, easily triggered. I know. I think that's coming from something else, which we will have to discuss later. Okay. I, I actually have a theory about why in the world this is all on the uprise, but we'll talk about that okay. later. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying, you you meet these people every so often, and they got this, and there's nothing else that there's no other way to explain it. This deer in the head like look and behavior. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't mean you, to laugh, you, but I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah right. It, it, it's funny when you meet it or like when you're walking away from somebody that's like this and you're kind of like, um, what? <laughs> yeah. Did you see that look in their eyes? Did you oh see that? I, I, I was asking, so, you know, I mean, to us, it's a simple question. To them, it looks like we've just confused the hell out of them. Right. 
So I've been, I think this is part of society's problem, that souls take a very long time to mature. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. All right. And no, we don't always get to pick what we're doing. Sometimes, strange as it sounds, I believe two things are true, that some people pick their souls or their bodies that they're going to go into or what lessons they're going to learn in the next lifetime, and some people aren't. Okay, so who chooses for them? Well, I, I think... Or what chooses the, for them? Well, again, like we discussed in the actual plane on how things are a little bit different over in the uh, spiritual realm and stuff like that, you might mm-hmm. go over there and find somebody who looks like your grandma, per se, or your grandfather, and it's just that note of wisdom. Come up to you going, hey, Charlie, let's talk. <laughs> So, yeah, let's talk that there are souls on the other side that stay there and do guide people if they need it. That's what I was going to say. So you're saying that basically our souls have guides. Well, no, I'm saying and this is what a lot of people don't understand. Upon death, our souls leave our body. Might might not go through the astral plane to get to the spirit realm. Right? Right. And I'm using the spirit realm. This is the afterlife. Okay. This is the normal state. This is where souls actually live. They don't need bodies or anything like this. This is their natural home planet, home dimension, whatever you want to call it. Right? Okay. And there are souls over there, just like over here, some good, some bad, some want to help. Some have work that they have to do over there. Make sense? All right. Like so have, that would be part of part of their reincarnation cycle is that they still have stuff to take care of in that realm. And so they can't reincarnate until that's done. Right. So, you know, some souls might skip a few generations generations before coming back because they got stuff to do over there. Some souls will go over there and suddenly turn around and be shoved right back into this world because that's where they need to be. Makes sense. My thought here is that the younger souls that we're talking about, these ones that are probably going through the animal kingdom and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. these are the ones that are probably getting help or suggestions. Well, no, maybe you should be a dog a few more lifetimes before trying to be a whale. <laughs> okay. Makes well, sense. Now, it, okay, but now, it's, it, yeah, it makes sense, but I, I have another question. All right. When, when a soul matures enough to start entering into the realm of humans, being part of the human species. Right. Are they being guided in the beginning, and then, you know, say after, I don't know, 10, 10 incarnations or so, you know, whatever I, number, but after a certain number of, they're allowed to start choosing? Well, I really think this goes back to more of the concept of individuality. Some souls are going to move fast along this line. Some people are going to move slower. D- d- does that make sense? So there's no right answer because this whole entire cycle is more catered to you specifically. Your path is not the same as mine. It's not the same as Ted or Lady Greenbean or. (laughs) Right. 
So in the beginning, they may or may not be guided. It just depends on them. Okay. Right. You know, again, this is where our concept is. It's just like, you know, in religion, there might be certain souls that are going through being Muslim, and that's their guiding principle there. Interesting. So not only not only are you talking reincarnate into male or female, but you're also talking about reincarnating into specific cultures. Yes. Again, that's experiencing the human species in as many forms as possible. Well, I mean, it's not only, yeah, it's not only that, but it's also dealing with the world being dyslexic. Maybe actually being somewhat trans or maybe being gay or what it's like to go around not having a left arm. You know, what's it like to grow up to be a, with your only desire to be a soldier? Right. I hear a lot of people talk about this stuff and their their view to me is so limited on the stuff that we actually that I think souls actually put themselves into. You know, because normally when you're talking about reincarnation and stuff like that, somebody got something wrong with them or in a bad situation. Oh, that's karma from your last. No, I think you're doing this somewhat to yourself. Maybe with somebody's guidance on the other side, hey, you need this body because you need to learn how to come out of the classroom and experience life. So this one will be dyslexic. This one's a good fit for you. Okay. All right. Or, you know, this body happens to be a little bit more rambunctious than you're used to, and you need to learn a little bit of more sports and teamwork. Right. Or, you know, in your last incarnation, you were a little bit out of control, so... We're going to give you some control. <laughs> right. We're, we're going to put you in a situation where you have to live your life completely under control so you learn control. Right. M- making sense there? Yeah. Again, it's, it's back to learning as many aspects of one species as possible. But and it also... As many, I was going to say with as many humans as there are and as many different cultures and people within those cultures... There's, oh my Lord, there's just so much to learn. But when you start thinking about this, you know that, okay, yes, in my next lifetime, I could be a black woman in the middle of South Africa. And then in my next life, I could be a a man in China. <laughs> right. I could be born in Ukraine. I, right now, there could be a soul born in Ukraine that just got blew up, and that's their whole entire experience. I know right. it sounds awful, but who would, what soul would put them? It's an experience. There's a difference between bad stuff happening and learning how to experience a short life. Right. And to appreciate it. You know what I mean? So that way you might have a short life in this one. And then in the next reincarnation your life might be a little bit longer and you might have a little bit more appreciation to every so often to sit in the park stare at the squirrels for a while (laughs) right (laughs) where you know before this experience you would have never that soul would have never done that it would have been like oh no i gotta get 90 miles an hour so i can get up to this level right you know because i see that a lot because people want to like put this into a category where you're almost like in a video game. You got to level up 
or something. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 seen that analogy. And I don't like this for uh, the incarnation cycles because you never can tell what one person needs to experience compared to what another person needs to experience. Again, it's a, it's an individualized right pattern or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, what's it like to come back and be schizophrenic? Hmm. <laughs> You know, and having to deal with that. Well, now, you know, what would uh, what would you say to somebody who says, well, why would you want to know what it's like to be schizophrenic? For the experience. To be able to sympathize with those and be able to help them in the next life. All right. See, that makes sense to me. See, it makes sense to me. Now, upon death. All right. Here's what I believe. When you die, if you believe in heaven, you go to heaven. If you believe you're going to go to hell, you go to hell. If you believe you're going to go to the summer land, you go to the summer land. If you believe in Valhalla, you're going to go to Valhalla. Okay. This is not the real afterlife. So it's kind of like a screen or an illusion. Well, think about it like this. How about this? Think of it as like one of the pressure tanks that divers have to go into. Okay. Think of it like that. This is a time for that soul to get used to not having a body anymore. Mm. To decompress. Make sense? Yeah. Then once you've completely decompressed or have gotten used to the idea, normally what we'll sit there and say is, you know, once you cross over and you believe you're in the summer land, once you become kind of bored with being in the summer land, the illusion starts to, or this realm starts to break down and you start to re-enter in back into soul society. Okay, but what happens if you don't get bored? This could be what you need to work on. This could be why in the world sometimes some souls jump generations because it takes them longer to decompress on the other side. Okay, well, l- let me ask you, what if it's not, what if it's not that you get bored, it's just after a certain amount of time, being in that illusion, I'm, for lack of a better word, it just breaks down. Well, see, what I think happens is when you're in this state, because when a soul on birth actually enters into a body, there's a lot of the knowledge it leaves behind. It can't bring everything with them. Right. They talk about this concept in SG-1 where the ancients, when they take human form, aren't quite as smart as they were when they were these ascended beings of pure thought because the human body just can't handle that right now. Makes sense. And that when you're over into this other realm and you like, okay, I die, I go to the summer lands, I'm hanging out with Arian Rod in my forever feast. Mm-hmm. And as I'm doing this, I'm slowly starting to remember what it's like to be a soul, just a soul. That memory and those, and those memories and those experiences I wasn't allowed to have when I was in human form start to slowly come back. Okay, now see, that's, Make, that's making better sense. See, and then once all that knowledge 
and you actually can cope with what it's like to be in, for lack of a better word, soul society, that illusion automatically, you break that illusion and just go back into society there. Okay, so I, th- I think pretty much um, what I said earlier is exactly what you're describing. Yes. It's not, so it's not that the soul is actually getting bored. No. It's just it breaks down naturally. Right. It, it starts to realize I'm in an illusion. Once you hit that level or once you hit that knowledge, you're like, oh, duh, there's the door. Here, let me go out. <laughs> kind of like being on a holodeck. Yeah, basically, yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, think about it like that. Okay. And I think that's what the afterlife is like. You know, when you first cross over, it is, you're on a holodeck, you're in an illusion, but you're only there long enough for you to be able to go, okay, this looks like the world I've been living in for umpteen years. And that first couple of days, uh, nothing really happens. And then you slowly start to remember other things that have nothing to do with this life. You start having access to all your previous loves. Right. So, yeah, and eventually you go, oh, well, I don't need to be here anymore. (laughs) Right, and then what happens after that quote-unquote illusion breaks down and you go back to, as you called it, soul society? If I knew that, I would be the most popular (laughs) religious leader (laughs) in the world. (laughs) So it's possible that after that happens and you've spent X amount of time, which could be no time. Right. You're reincarnated again. I I mean, and this could be as simply as the soul returns to the source for a little while and then sheds you back off later when you're time to reincarnate. Okay. I don't know. Nobody knows. (laughs) But either way, then the cycle starts again. Right. Because again, Here's your problem is that um, those uh, that have died and seen something and then were brought back that had that afterlife experience, yeah, the, they're yeah, still the, alive. Yeah, near-death experiences. Right. That's too short of a period. Does that make sense? You're only there for a f- maybe a few seconds. Right. But that's too short of a period for you to be able to break the illusion and to actually cross over to the other realm. Does right, but if they're, if they're brought back, then that doesn't count as reincarnation, though. No. To me, that don't count as reincarnation. You've had a snip of it. You've got a good idea of what in the world's going on there and might have met some people that have passed on or you perceive as people that you know right. there and to comfort you and to help you get adjusted to your hologram world for a little while. Okay. But again, you're not there long enough to really yeah, you're, you're absorb not, anything from your past lives. Right. It's too short of a period. You might okay. have, you might have a little bit of knowledge when you come back, but you it's not like you're gaining the whole of everything you actually really know. Gotcha. So that, that could explain how people who come back from a near-death experience seem to have some people, not all of them, but some people seem to have um, some new knowledge about something or a new ability that they can now do or, or a or a new or a new attitude or right. 
you know, just there's just something about them afterwards that makes you want to go, oh, I want to talk to them all day. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> I can't explain what that feeling is, but I, hopefully everybody knows what in the world I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's like, I don't know, there are some people that you just feel drawn to. Right. And you want to be with them. You know, right. you, you want to stay with them and talk to them all the time. Yeah. You know, and these people tend to be a little bit more spiritual than the average. You know, they have a little bit more wisdom on their side. <laughs> right. However you know, just, they got it. However they got it. But again, I'm not saying that this doesn't affect people. I'm just saying the full effect of it, we don't know because nobody can stay over there forever long it takes and then be brought right back. Right. You know, we can't do maybe through suspended animation one day we'd be able to accomplish this. Maybe. I think that's a big maybe. I, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there are other technologies that kind of worry me about all this, but just because I think they can fuck with the soul more, but. Well, and then too, I mean, if, if you're talking about suspended animation and, other technologies anywhere nearly related to that, you're also potentially damaging the human brain. And what's going to happen when you reanimate or however you want to put it, what's going to happen to that brain? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, you're potentially causing more damage than you are anything. I mean, because there's a lot of things we used to think were good things. And then we found that were actually bad for us. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's just think about cigarettes. Doctors went from prescribing cigarettes and telling people to smoke. <laughs> Lord Mann used to tell me the story all the time. When he was a teenager, mm -hmm. the, his mother was complaining to the doctor, well, he's a little bit too hyper and blah, blah. Oh, here, just get, buy him a pack of cigarettes. Let him smoke and keep his hands busy. Right. You would not give that medical advice today. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, and think about all this stuff that we're doing now. And has anybody asked the question, okay, what happens in 50 years? Well, and I mean, that's the thing. I mean, even with new medications that are coming out, nobody knows the long-term effects. No. And anybody that tells you they know the long-term effects, unless, I mean, don't get me wrong, the polio vaccine and blah, 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 that has been around since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I, I think we pretty much got an idea what kind of side effects these drugs cause. Right. I mean, there's a pretty good idea, but still, I right. mean, there's. Well, I mean, in other words, I'm, I'm not talking gonna, newer medications. Right. I'm not going to flinch over the, you know, smallpox facts. Right. Which we didn't have to get. They ended that the year we were born. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but, but for as long as it's been around, for as long as we use it, we pretty much got a good idea of what side effects there are. I don't see people asking these questions. And if they do, they're like shut down real fast. Well, there were, it's, it's a little off topic, but um, when uh, the whole COVID thing started and they came out with the <laughs> Just saying. Do not upset the overlords. <laughs> Whatever. 
That's what we're here for. We're here to piss them off. Right. But no, no, you're exactly right. We don't know. And it should be done with some trepidation. Any sure, new sure. procedure, anything like that should be done with some trepidation. I, I, I do have attention deficit. When I came out, they just discovered the whole entire thing with the um, Ridland. Ridland. And my parents would not put me on it because it was mm-hmm. too new. And it was the amphetamines too. So right. uh, do you really want to give your kids speed? <laughs> mm-hmm. If it works. You know, but there was another alternative there, which was a diet. I'm not going to complain about it now, but asking those questions, I, I think parents should have a right to that. But my question is still is how much does this interfere with the soul? Right. You know, uh, yeah, the metaverse bothers me. When when are they going to start? If we get to the point to where we can do the whole metaverse or link our minds, what is that? The matrix type style life. Right. You get pregnant. Do they automatically just go, oh, well, we're just, when we're there, we're just going to go ahead and stick the chip in his head. <laughs> right. You know, when we're doing all the other stuff, that way it's already done. You ain't got to worry about it. How much is that going to affect the soul? Right. I mean, spiritually, we need to talk about this stuff. Is how much does this affect our soul and not just our bodies? Right. Because, I mean, it is something that we have to think about. The the soul is a very, I don't know, in my opinion, it's a vital part of who we are. In case of this world, we've already discussed the fact that we actually believe that this world is toxic to souls. Right. So, got to ask, you know, how do these things affect the soul long term? Or do they? Or they might not at all. I mean, does does the body absorb all of that and protect the soul? Well, I mean, if we believe, okay, if if we believe that we can use our own life force energy to cast spells and blah, 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 that defeats those reserves. Just like, you know, going out and walking all day or working all day and not eating. Sometime near the end of that day, you're going to feel yourself start to drag. Right. So we take in food, which gives us access. We're probably also taking in that spirit energy from that food to recomplete Mm -hmm. our own. Right. Right. If we can do that with food and other things, why not with other drugs and stuff like that? Drugs are no different than food or anything else. Sure. They're going to have a certain energy to them. What is that energy doing to us? Right. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, does that, does the body protect the soul? It, it does. does. The body, does, I mean, is the body, I mean, you're saying the body's a suit. Right. Basically for the soul. Right. So the body absorbs any of that damaging energy mm-hmm. so that the soul doesn't isn't affected at all. Right. And then your body tries to convert it into an energy source for your soul. So basically food for the soul. Food for the soul. Funny yeah, how that you, actually seems to be true. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think that's where the uh, where the old saying came from? To a certain extent, yes. 
Because in, in the old days, people were more concerned about their souls, about their own spirituality, about their own growth. Not just physically, but mentally and spiritually, too. Hmm. Well, this sounds like a topic we need to explore further. We, we do. I mean, because we're, we're looking at a society that is moving farther and farther away from spirituality. The, the, the number of um, atheists is going up. Because I remember what, when we were younger, you go to a um, pagan, um, not pagan pride, but uh, gay pride. And I never saw, you know, I saw churches and stuff like that and some temples and some pagan churches, but you never saw the atheist. Mm -mm. Now I go there, I see the atheist. They've gotten big enough to where in the world they have their own table now at these events. Oh, sure. You know, I'm not saying the wrong or right. I'm just saying this is that pull away from spirituality into just science. Right. Well, like I said, I mean, we can we can fully explore this a little bit further. Later. Um, <laughs> yeah, at another date. So, because I believe we're running a little low on time here. Uh, we are. And I have a beast over here, like nudging the kerosene heater. <laughs> Well, that's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either take right. me for a walk or turn the heat on. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll end this here, and uh, we'll we'll explore this topic maybe next time or um, sometime in the near future. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another episode. Pagan Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary please visit us at lifetempleseminary.org to learn more. You can also find links to all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit. We travel down this trodden path, the maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning